After all the excitement of week one, who's ready for week number two? I know I am. Let's get into it. It's the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. If you were with us on Tuesday, we did say we wouldn't spoil the end of Monday Night Football, but as it's now later in the week, you all should have watched it by now. And if you have watched it, you'll know that Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation, had himself quite the day on Monday Night Football. Probably his best game as a Raider, so friend of the podcast, well done, Max Crosby. Well played, sir, indeed. Let's bring the boys back in then to the huddle. Let's get ready for week number two. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Yes, very well, very well. We're, we're already well into the season. It feels like we've been watching it for ages already. But yeah, excited to get going on week two. Uh, some really tasty matchups to, to get into. And uh, uh, well, like you said earlier, it's, this is where you start to see if, if week one was just a fluke or if week one was just a bad day at the office or if teams really are starting to be on an upward or a downward trend. Yeah, can't wait to get into it. Like you said, there are some pretty uh, interesting matchups on the schedule as well. Josh, welcome in, buddy. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, all the gaming 40s have been digested by now. The fantasy lineups are set back up. I'm sick of watching the uh, the Browns-Chiefs game for what must be the 14th time now. Uh, I, I need some new content. I need some more games. Let's go. Well, let's hope you're watching a Browns win this week because the Browns play the Texans. But we'll get on to that a little bit later on. We're not going to start there, fellas. I think there's some more interesting games on the schedule. Yeah. At time of recording, we do not know exactly what games Sky Sports have selected for coverage. So we've just picked the games that we think should probably be selected for coverage. Uh, but certainly the ones that have caught our attention. So let's start, fellas. AFC East matchup, Bills and Dolphins. Bills obviously rattled by a week one opening defeat. The Dolphins taking care of business against the Patriots in another divisional game. It's early, but dare I say it, if the Dolphins win this, all of a sudden things are looking very rosy for them, aren't they, Josh? Well, could you imagine week two, Bills, Dolphins, and it mean this much? You know, this is already a monumental game for the division. You know, it's it's a six-pointer, to use a European football phrase. And I've got to tell you, I don't know which way it's going to go now. Um, you would have uh, you'd have put your bottom dollar on it being the Bills a week or two ago. But after um, after playing a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers and them coming up short, I see a lot of similarities between the uh, Dolphins and the Steelers. You know, defensively driven sides, um, you know, that they, they do enough on offense to be able to get wins. They're, you know, relatively... That they are well coached, not relatively well coached. They are well coached. Um, it's going to be a gritty game, I think, unless the Bills show that actually it was all just rust in week one and do something of which you don't think they're going to do, Sean. And that's uh, Josh Allen Cook yet again. And if that isn't the case, all of a sudden the AFC East is one of the most entertaining divisions going because, you know. Dolphins, Bills, and uh, Patriots, it's all up for grabs. Hell, 
Jets, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. Steve, I'm going to throw it to you um, to give us your view on it. I'm just going to remind everybody, and I had to remind myself before we started recording tonight. Of course, last time these two played, Miami had a chance to clinch a playoff berth, and the Bills handed them a 56-26 ass-whooping. 56-26. This was a game that, like I say, meant more to the Dolphins than it did the Bills at the time. Um, and like I said, the, the Bills just absolutely ran away with it. So probably a little bit of a role reversal because of those opening weekend results, Steve. You'd almost argue this game now means more to Buffalo than it does to Miami. I'm not expecting 56-26 in anybody's predictions, but uh, how do you see it going, pal? Yeah, it's it, it it's a big game, but for probably the reasons that we weren't expecting. Like like you said, Josh, like Buffalo, all of a sudden this becomes very important. If they start the season 0-2, for someone that's potentially a, we were talking about as a Super Bowl contender, that's a that's a big way to start your season if you want to be yeah. in the postseason. Um, you know, and and Josh Allen's got that monster contract now, and he's got to start playing like he's earned that contract. And you know, obviously, you know, everything we say is a bit of a pinch of socks. It's only been one week, like we said at the top of the show. Like, but Josh Allen threw fifty-one uh, attempted fifty-one passes and only completed thirty of them. So, you know, he, he threw for a that's a lot of passes he attempted, um, and only one touchdown amongst those thirty completed passes as well. So, um, he didn't have the best day at the office, and neither the you know the receivers none of them really sort of lit up the field, so to speak. So there's a lot almost riding on this, on this build t- uh, performance against a team that we barely mentioned in the pre in the um, reaction pod as well in, in Miami. And I think that's just because they got sort of got business done against a, a, a Patriots team that are sort of, um, uh, you know, they've, they've quietly become quite a good team again. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they've added through the off season and, and now that obviously Mac Jones is the starter there and looks good and looks polished, um, you know, they've, they've quietly become quite a good team again. And the, the Dolphins just got business done. They, they weren't really flashy about it. Nothing really stood out, but, they, you know, they got the business done, you know, and they got the W. So um, I think it could be an interesting game. I would expect Buffalo to bounce back. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I certainly don't think Buffalo's putting up 50 plus points again. <laughs> I could see it being, I could see it being a close one. I could see it being similar to that sort of Dolphins Patriots game, probably a bit more, a, a few more points than that. But I, I would say probably a Buffalo narrow victory if, uh, uh, if I was pushed to, to make a prediction. Yeah, I think, I think it is a really interesting one because I think you would actually look at the teams on paper and I actually think the Dolphins stack up pretty well against Buffalo's attack. You know, they're obviously stacked at the cornerback position. We know that the Bills generally don't go through the ground game, although with that being said, Devin Singletary, who was actually given the ball more often, you know, was, was I think he was churning out something like seven or eight yards a clip the other night when he actually was given the ball. He seemed to have a really productive day. But as you said, Steve, you know, 50-odd pass attempts, which... Isn't really a surprise these days for Buffalo. Just seems to be the way that they go. But um, I do think the Dolphins, with the strength that they've got at the cornerback position, will be quietly confident that you know Jones and Howard can you know keep Stefan Diggs relatively quiet. You know, with that being said, you're then obviously looking for more out of the likes of Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, um, Emmanuel Sanders got on the field as well, didn't he? The you know the uh, the seasoned vet that's been brought in now. Um, yeah, you know, so for me, I think you know, the Dolphins will be will be quietly fancying themselves in this one. I would, I would have suggested. Do you want to come back in, Josh? Yeah. So um, just going to jump back in on what you said about their last time out. So that was what about a thirty point gap. Now, if you consider the fact that we're talking only two competitive games later for Miami and maybe three or four for the Bills, 
the uh, the odds are giving the handicap is at plus three point five. We've gone from thirty to three point five as the gap. That shows you that people are really worried that the bills aren't all that, and you know that it's all a hell of a lot tighter. To give it some more context, people were giving uh, the Patriots uh, minus three against the Finns last week. So, you know, all of a sudden, everyone thinks that the AFC East is wide open. And what's interesting as well is that Buffalo didn't lose any coordinators. You know, there was a lot of talk about Brian Dable going, and it, it sort of baffled me that he didn't get a head coaching job in the offseason. So he's still there. And, you know, this 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 offense is still his and Sean McDermott's project. And yet it performed like that in, in, in week one. So, you know, Bills fans will be hoping that that is just, you know, growing pains and actually they'll settle into the season and hopefully they can bounce back with a big win. But, you know, give Miami their due. They got business done against New England. And I think they'll be a force in the NFC, in the sorry, the AFC uh, East this season. And, and if, if, if Buffalo don't sort themselves out, they could find themselves uh, staring down the barrel of 0-2 to start the season. Yeah, I think that division is too competitive to get off to a poor start. And like you say, Buffalo potentially in danger of doing just that if they don't uh, bounce back this week. Um, like you say, will be a good test as well as to where the Dolphins are. Like you say, quietly efficient, weren't they, on uh, on Sunday? You know, statistically, not exactly a stellar day by any stretch of the imagination. The Patriots sort of certainly outgained them, um, you know, to the tune of 3.93 to 2.59 in terms of yardage. Um, but it was that big fumble, wasn't it, in the fourth quarter when the Patriots were driving, looking as though they were going to retake the lead. Um, that defence stepped up and, you know, it's to be expected now of a Brian Flores team. It's not a flash in the pan no more, is it? It's been, you know, two or three years now of consistently well-coached, well-drilled football. So, long may that continue for the Dolphins. Um, that's an entertaining one, certainly, on Sunday. Another one that uh, we've picked out, Titans at Seahawks, another team fancied, another team that won the division last year, another team that got on the rung end of a scoreline on Sunday in the Tennessee Titans. Not exactly the matchup that they would have wanted then, is it, to go on the road to Seattle, to the 12. Seattle obviously will be fired up after their big win over the Colts. So, Steve, you know, similar sort of story here, isn't it? Probably not as necessarily a competitive division for the Titans. That potentially is the thing that they'll take a little bit of comfort from. Um, you know, But looking at this one on paper, again, it's a, another big game, isn't it? The the Titans' loss, I think, was the 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 manner in which they lost last week. I think was one of the biggest shocks of this of the week in terms of just the way and the team and everything the way they lost. Obviously, the Cardinals were excellent. No, take nothing away from them, but the you know Ryan Tannehill was sacked six times. You know, you you talked about ESPN's uh, quarterback rating uh, in the last episode, Josh. His quarterback rating out is seventeen point five. Which is, was it 50? Was it 50 their top? Yeah, the so ESPN? so if it's uh, the ESPN QBR, it's 50. It's done out 50, of yeah. So he was 17.5. One touchdown, one interception, 21 for 35, 212 yards. So he didn't have his greatest game, but just the Titans themselves. And it does make you wonder how much influence Arthur Smith had that on that on that offense. And, you know, again, is, the, is that just a flash in the pan or are they going to come back and... and um, you know, and perform a bit better. And we, and we talked 
um, a couple of weeks back in our in our preview for that division about how Tennessee and Indianapolis will be the teams that will probably dominate that division. And they both lost with very uninspiring performances in week one. And if that continues, and, and to, to flip it over, Tennessee have got a really tough game against a Seattle team that looked magnificent against Indianapolis. Russell Wilson was on fire, uh, 18 for 23. Um uh, 254 yards, four touchdowns, including some lovely throws downfield to Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, he was he was on fire. Um, so, you know, are we seeing that old style Seattle? Are we seeing that that Seattle that is going to, you know, let Russ, like, as you said, Josh, let Russ cook? You know, is is are they handing the keys a bit more back in Russ's direction and let him do what he does best? Because when he plays like he plays last week, that is putting himself in the MVP conversation for sure. Yeah, and this is this is a weird game again where the team that really underperformed last week is playing a team with almost the same characteristics. So you look at the Cardinals offense, you look at this and you look at Seattle's offense, they're very similar. You know, Russell yep. Wilson can do pretty much the he you know, he's pretty much the exact same sort of player that uh, Kyler Murray is, but I think about two or three times better, mainly because of experience. Um, but, you know, he's the kind of guy that can, you know, evade pressure, find someone down the field at will. The um, the receivers can do whatever. The line stacks up. You know, the Titans are going to find that they need to improve in the exact areas where they uh, where they had holes on Sunday. Is a week enough? Because some of those look like really fundamental errors uh, on Sunday. And I at the moment, I can't see much past a uh, past a comfortable Seahawks winning. If that does happen, yeah, the Seahawks all of a sudden start knocking on the door of um, of looking almost comfortable in the NFC West. Because let's face it, Colts and Titans are no pushovers. They weren't on paper anyway. So um, yeah, this uh, this has big ramifications of their own. If uh, if Seattle can brush aside the Colts and the Titans in concurring weeks, then they'll be more than happy. Yeah, it's difficult to imagine that the Titans are going to play as poorly, though. I think it was probably what, you know one of, if not Ryan Tannehill's worst game since he took over that starting job a season and a half ago. We mentioned on Tuesday, Derrick Henry was limited to just 58 yards as well. Um, Julio Jones didn't exactly have a stellar debut either, did he? He almost had as many penalty yards against him as he did receiving yards, which I know mm. pissed off Mr. Vrabel, and rightfully so. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of question marks for the Titans to answer. I think it's in terms of the Seahawks, like you say, them and the Rams, um, you know, well, it's hard to relate anybody in that division, isn't it? I think we said, you know, your preview pod that I had the pleasure of listening to on my sunbed in Fort Ventura. You couldn't really sort of make a convincing argument for any of them to be the um, the, the seller dwellers in that division. I think they're all pretty much in there with a chance, particularly after the performance that Arizona put up on the weekend. Um, you know, any sort of question marks that, that people had there, they certainly went a long way to, to giving people some answers. Um, so, again, it's another really entertaining one, potentially, that uh, that we've got to look forward to. I think the one that is probably the most entertaining game, though, in terms of on paper, if you like high-scoring affairs, if you like lots and lots of yardage, surely the Cowboys against the Chargers is going to be a shootout for the ages, Josh. Absolutely. 
So the Cowboys pretty much made it a shootout on uh, Thursday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they've got a far better defense than the Los Angeles Chargers. So you can imagine that Dak's going to enjoy putting up points. I I know I'm hearing about injuries, this and you know needing to get people people in and prepared and learn the book, etc. Whatever. If you can go to Tampa Bay and you can participate in a shootout and beat that defense, because he did beat that defense. No matter, no matter the uh, the picks and all the chaos that went down there, if you can do that against them, you can put up points against the Chargers. And the Cowboys' defense isn't great, so Herbert's going to have some fun. I, he he wasn't allowed really to have fun against Washington, um, but he still more than got the job done. You know, made the throws when it counted. He'll be able to find more than enough room in uh, Dallas's defense. We could easily see sixty odd points there. You know, pushing seventy odd points. Um, incredibly fun. Couldn't tell you who's going to win it though. This is one of which is uh, going to be really close again. I think. Just in terms of that, mate, and something you can probably look at while I talk to Steve very shortly. What is the over under on this game in terms of points? I'll be interested to know that, Steve. I've got a number to throw in your direction though. One thousand one hundred and fifty-one. That's the most combined yardage in any NFL game in history, which, of course, you will remember is the Super Bowl that the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots. 1,151. Chance that goes on Sunday? Is that just passing yards? That's total yards. Total yards. Okay. So that would have been a game. Yeah. Uh, Possibly. I mean, it does, you know, there's, there's two equally good sort of offenses with quarterbacks that have got the talent to do it and, you know, receiving and weapons that have can, can match that against defenses that are not great. I mean, I think, I think the Chargers defense is, is best than Dallas is, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely if if Dak Prescott can throw 403 yards against the Tampa defense, what can he do again? Like you said, Josh, what can he do against a, a Chargers defense when he's really sort of unleashed? They'll miss Michael Gallup. I know he's not their sort of number one receiver, but they will miss him. Um, and I think one uh, uh, one thing to watch uh, in this game is that is um, with with Los Angeles, um, their offensive line looked excellent against Washington. They managed to shut down one of the best defensive lines, if not the best, in the league. And he was only sacked twice. When you've got guys like. Um, uh, you know, you've you've got the Montez Sweat, you've got um, Chase Young. You know, you've got those defensive ends that are going to dominate, and they only get two sacks in the game. You know, and um, Rashawn Slater, their first round draft pick, looked incredible. He looks really, really good, really poised. He's, he, I think, he's going to be a star in this league. And if they can keep Herb upright, I think their receivers could have a day against that Cowboys secondary. Um, Will they both, you know, that you've to get close to that number, really, both quarterbacks have got to be throwing 500 yards and then the rest can be mopped up with rushing yards. So I think it could go close. I think in reality, I don't think it'll get that high, but I think it's a, it's, it's got the potential to be one of the best games of the weekend. I, I'm very much on the Justin Herbert train. I think he's such a good player. He's got an absolute cannon of a right arm. Um, and I'm really excited. And if I was a Chargers fan, I, I'd be really excited for what the sort of uh, future holds for, for that team. I think they're building a really good team. And, and like you mentioned in our earlier podcast, Sean, I think they're, they're, New head coach looked really good, and I think he's he's going to be a, a really good answer for them when they've they've been through a, que- a few over the last few seasons. Um, 
so yeah, really looking forward to this as much as as much as Dallas are a divisional rival. I, what I will say is that if they, I'm not saying they will, but if they do lose this one, zero and two to start the season with a game against a divisional rival Eagles team, who obviously you know remains to be see what happens in week two, but you know we're convincing against Atlanta in week one. It's a tough game all of a sudden, you know. So oh, yeah. there's the there's 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 storylines cropping up all over the place. Isn't the NFL known for that? And Sean, exactly. just let you know, mate, it's 55 and a half. That's the over-under on the points. Ooh, 55 and a half. I'll have a word with our friend Mr. Touchdown Tips, Adam, and uh, see what he thinks, 55 and a half. I had a decent week betting on the old uh, NFL, as you know, Josh, as you know. So, Indeed, uh, we'll... yes, you were there celebrating. I was there crying. <laughs> we shall see what happens. But, yeah, it certainly should be a exciting one. That's another one in the 9-25 window. So, one of those games, Seahawks, Titans, Cowboys, Chargers, will uh, get the sky treatment, I'm sure. One will go to Game Pass, so... Um, like I say, potentially two really good games in the late window. Latest window of all, though, of course, is Sunday night football, and we've got a belter potentially. Ravens, Chiefs. Ravens will be smarting after that opening day defeat um, to the Raiders. The Chiefs obviously had that uh, thrilling comeback win against Cleveland. Let's face it, whenever the schedule is released, this is a game that people do look towards. You know, it seems as though the Chiefs are Lamar's kryptonite. He never seems to be able to figure them out. And to be honest, the last few times they've played, it hasn't necessarily lived up to expectations. I think the Chiefs have sort of been quite handy in terms of the way that they've uh, took care of business. Do you see that to be similar again on Sunday, Josh, or do you think the Ravens run it closer? Well, if... uh, If... If Monday night was anything to go by, then I think the Chiefs are going to have a field day. You know, we were talking off air. And in fact, we were talking just after Monday night when the uh, result went final. That, uh, you know, if Derek Carr can throw for as many yards as he did, considering how bad of a first half he had, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just licking his lips right now. Does he even need to throw in practice for the rest of the week? He's just there thinking, hmm, I wonder as to who I'll throw to first and second and third, because, you know, know, the the Ravens have got a lot of work to do to get that defense up to scratch to, uh, to play the Chiefs, I think. Like you say, the Chiefs have always had the Ravens number, and this includes the defense as well. The Ravens defense has usually been quite good uh, yet the Chiefs regularly score 30, 40 points on them. I know they kind of do that to practically everybody, but you know to do that to a team like the Ravens and then the Ravens to now start lacking a bit you know, on defense, it just doesn't seem great for them. You know the writing, the writing seems rather on the wall. The injuries definitely don't help. There's been chaos in camp throughout. That I still think that's so important. You know, the Ravens have not had a proper camp whatsoever. And I've got some breaking news for you guys. Literally on Twitter, as of five minutes ago, as we talk, uh, this kind of gives away as to when we've recorded, but hell to it. It's breaking news nonetheless for now. Uh, Left guard Tyre Phillips has gone on injured reserve. So Ben Power, their uh, number two left guard, now has the uh, inenviable task of uh, defending the inside line of uh, Lamar Jackson. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the key pieces to making sure that Lamar Jackson does what he's able to do. Um, not helpful. Not helpful to them whatsoever. My missus has got uh, the over-under <laughs> wins on the Ravens just to uh, spite me, and it looks like I'm going to get the last laugh at this, right? 
Yeah, I mean, the, we talk a lot, don't we, about Lamar Jackson, and I, I've got to be honest, I do really feel for him in terms of the amount of pressure that he's all of a sudden thrust upon his shoulders, Steve. I mean, the that running game from last year, if you think about it, it was Mark Ingram, it was J.K. Dobbins, it was Gus Edwards. None of those players, for different reasons, are available. Like Josh said, it's been a terrible camp in terms of injuries and when they've happened, um, you know, there's been so much focus on the passing game. It was the same old, same old on Monday night, 19 of 30 for Lamar, 235 yards. You know, we've said it all along. And I know you boys have also said that if the Ravens want to make the next step, they need to get more of a passing game. But it does seem as though the rush is going to be the way that they're going to have to go again. Um, how do you see it playing now, mate? Do you think the Chiefs win handily as well? I think, unfortunately, and, and, and perhaps not really through Baltimore's fault, they, they probably do. Um, and, you know, when you lose three running backs, as well as other players like Marcus Peters to injury for the whole season as well, it's not just like their small injuries, their, their entire season-ending injuries, such bad luck. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't really see this going on. I think, you know, a Baltimore team that, you know, a lot of people would, would put as a, a Super Bowl contender, all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to pour water on that fire because of the situation they find themselves in. You know, if if we wanted to perhaps give them a little bit of props, you know, they, they did rush for 189 yards against Las Vegas. Um, and the your Browns rushed for 153 yards against Kansas City. So they'll look at that and think that they can definitely attack the ground game. And, you know, and, and previously, in, in previous seasons, perhaps with different... different um, people, different players, Baltimore has been one of the best rushing teams in the league, obviously. Um, so they'll try and attack the ground game, I think, and they'll try and hurt Kansas City with the rush. But do they have enough to, to beat the, you know, the best quarterback in the league? As as the Cleveland found out last week, you cannot let uh, Patrick Mahomes have a chance to to bring the game back and win it again. I think, was it his 12th comeback of 10 points or more? This, this weekend just gone, I think it was. It was 10th or 12th, one or the other. But yeah, that, that was a stat I, I read, and that's astonishing for a guy that's been in the league for, what, like three or four years in yeah. Pat Mahomes? Four years, I think it is. You know, that's a, that's a great statistic, and it shows you how clutch the guy is. Um, and I think when you're going up against that, when they've got weapons like Tyreek Hill, and, and Tyreek Hill um, had, let me just find the statistic. He had 197 yards from 11 receptions with one touchdown, including one that was 75 yards against Cleveland. And you'd probably say that given all the injuries, that Cleveland defense is better than Baltimore's. So if he can go off for almost 200 yards against Cleveland, what can he put up against, um, against Baltimore? So I think whilst I do think Baltimore will score points on, on Kansas city, um, they won't score as many as Kansas City will, uh, and that might say that might sound obvious, but I just think that that Kansas City has probably got a, a chance to put up a, a pretty big number. Here. You know, I I don't think it'll be forty or fifty, but I think they'll certainly, you know, sort of high thirties against this Baltimore team. That is is I don't know where they go from here if they lose again. Yeah, I'd keep an eye on Travis Kelsey this week as well. I mean, he's, he's overall number six for 76 against Cleveland, but two of those were touchdowns. If you look at Monday Night Football, Darren Waller was targeted 19 times in that game. I think that, that middle of the Ravens' defence is a bit of a liability. I don't think Patrick Queen has really taken to life in the NFL. I thought he was very underwhelming in his rookie season, and he, he, he got absolutely mullered, didn't he, on uh, Monday night by Darren Waller, who ended up with 10 receptions 
for 105 yards. So Travis Kelsey could also be in for a huge day. That's the game that finishes off the main Sunday slate, um, Sunday night football. So that'll be early hours of the um, morning for us in the UK. And then, of course, Kieran will be waking you up on Monday morning with news and views from all of those games, as well as all of the others, fellas. And let's go around all the others, shall we? Let's start off with Thursday night football. Steve, I'm throwing it to you, mate. We've got the Giants at Washington. I think the big question on everyone's lips is, is George Judge going to challenge another player that isn't challengeable? That is the real question that everyone wants to know the answer to. Tune in on Thursday Night Football to find out just how dreadful that Giants coaching is. Um no, obviously, divisional rival game for me. Um, Washington will be reeling from having Ryan Fitzpatrick out for what sounds like a number of weeks. It sounds like four to six, uh, depending on, on how serious his injury is. So um, Heineke takes the reins in Washington. It, probably not an upgrade on Fitzpatrick, although I, I'm not big on Fitzpatrick anyway. So, you know, um, interesting to see how he does. But I think this Washington defense will go to town on a Giants offensive line that is 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 not great. So I would expect um, uh, Washington to pick up the, the W here and then start their season after a disappointing first week one. Yeah, hard to disagree. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick officially on IR as well now. So it will be yes. Taylor Heineke for the foreseeable. Patriots, Jets, Josh. Yep, so uh, Patriots are pretty much how I expected them against the Dolphins. Run them close, but not quite there yet. I think it's going to take a few weeks to get to the proper gelling point for Matt Jones in that offense. Uh, the defense played really stingy, though, and that's going to get them more than over the hump against uh, this Jets team. Um, you know, New York played valiantly, I thought, against the Panthers until they just proved too much. And if Carolina are too much for you, you know, this uh, this money-laden Patriots side, I dare say star-studded, I'm going to go with money-laden Patriots side, uh, is going to be too much. That and also Mackay Beckton out now as well. The Jets are just, uh, just looking for something to hold on to, but uh, they're not going to get it here. Patriots by about 10. Uh, Sean, one for you, as I realise I'm supposed to be introducing them for you. Uh, Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Denver Broncos that Josh gives no love to goes on the road again to the Jacksonville Jaguars that he certainly doesn't give any love to. If the Broncos can't take care of business against the 32nd ranked team in the NFL, according to Airman, then they will never take care of business anywhere else. I think the Broncos win this and win this quite handily. I do think that team is... Better than the power ranking suggests, but I know that they're going to have to prove that to you consistently. Um, I think a improved defensive effort. They suffered a lot with injuries last year. Um, you know, it's a very tough division that they're in with the Chargers and the Chiefs, obviously, and, and obviously the, the Raiders gain a big win as well in week one. So um, let's see if they can carry on winning. I'd fully expect them to take care of business in this one, move to 2-0, and we'll see how they progress from there. Steve, Eagles, can they move to 2 now? They're at home hosting the 49ers. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a much bigger challenge than Atlanta week one. I was really impressed with a lot of things that I saw from the Eagles, but admittedly that was against a poor Atlanta side. Um, however, a lot of people picked Atlanta to win week one. So, you know, I think there's definitely momentum there. However, this is a much better for San Francisco team. They'll be reeling from the loss of Jason Verrett and IR. Another awful injury for him after having such a good year last year. And Raheem Mostert's just been put on uh, IR and, and apparently he's out for the season as well. So, 
San Francisco again in injury trouble already after week one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they can come back from that. I think the Eagles' defensive line is much better than that of Detroit, and I expect Jimmy G to get sacked a lot more than he did against Detroit. It's it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be a real close one. I know it's my hometown Eagles, but I think I might just give it to the to the birds in a nail biter at home at the link <laughs> by one or two points. Oh, no. confidence. I love it, mate. Love Why it. Love a bit of lo- love a bit of early season optimism. Can't beat it. Josh, can you find some optimism for the Colts there at home hosting the Rams? Oh, I mean, there's confidence and then there's that. No. Um, so now so with this one, I think there's a bit of iron sharpening iron. Um, you know, the Rams obviously did more than enough to beat the uh, the Bears on Sunday night football. It's going to be a slightly more challenging prospect, I think, against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, it's not like they played badly against Seattle. They just got beaten by a better side. I reckon that's probably what happens again as they face a relatively similar opponent. And I don't think that the Colts are there on offense. In terms of the defense, it's going to um, it's going to prove a match for um, for Matthew Stafford. He is going to have to. Uh, elevate in order to to get past the pal- the challenge that they pose compared to the challenges he got on uh, in week one, but I reckon that uh, the Rams D makes life easy. Um, Rams by about five. Uh, Sean, the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. Do the Raiders make it two and zero against AFC North opponents early doors? I think this is a really, really tricky game to get a read on, to be honest. The Raiders have done this before, haven't they? They've they've pulled off wins in games that most people don't expect them to. Notably against the Chiefs last year, they had a big win and then they sort of went on a three or four game losing streak. You want to see some consistency from them, don't you? Derek Carr has proven time and time again, particularly when he's backs against the wall, that he has got that ability in him. Um, are the defence capable, though, of keeping the Raiders in games? Um, if if they are, then surely the Steelers will present a good opportunity for them to do so. We mentioned about the fact that they were unimpressive on offence. Big Ben looked very slow, um, you know, and ultimately it was a block punt and good defence that won them the game. That will be the method that the Steelers will look to adopt throughout the course of the season. I can see this one being really, really close. I'd probably give the edge to Pittsburgh being at home and, like I said, the experience of Mike Tomlin on that defence. Um, but again, similar to what I said last week, I don't think it will be the world's biggest surprise if Oakland, I've done it again, fellas, we, if Las Vegas... If Las Vegas actually uh, go and get another win. Uh, Steve, Bengals, Bears, Andy Dalton revenge bowl. Yes, uh, all eyes turn to Andy Dalton. Uh, Our question was definitely answered. How quickly will we see Justin Fields? The answer was week one, albeit it was only for uh, two players, but we did see him. uh, And he even rushed in for a a touchdown himself. So, you know, he's certainly knocking at the door. And how much longer can they stick with uh, with Andy Dalton after he threw for zero touchdowns and one interception and was sacked three times? Um, against Against a Bengals team that had a really good performance against the Vikings team that I think will... I'm not big on the Vikings this year, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Joe Burrow looked quite poised in his return, especially when you're coming back after such a serious knee injury like he had. He looked, you know, he looked uh, calm and confident in, in the in the pocket. He was still sacked five times, though, so that narrative about, you know, them choosing a wide receiver over protection for him will continue. And he also had a little bit of an injury scare as well, didn't he, during the game? So, um, 
Uh, but he, he obviously made that, that connection with Jamar Chase early, who had himself a 100-yard receiving game. T. Higgins also looked good, although he's injured. Don't know what's going to happen there. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens with this one. The Bears' defensive line is probably better than the Vikings was, so I would see them getting to Burrow a bit more. Um, I think it's a close one, but I think the Bears will probably sneak it. So that's the Dalton Revenge Bowl. Let's go for the Tyrod Taylor Revenge Bowl, Josh. Texans at Browns. Yeah, this has a feeling of a bit of a trap game for some reason. I remember last year. I know you're shaking your head, but um, I, I take you back to last year where the Freddie Kitchens Bowl and everyone just thinking, oh, maybe there's a slight possibility it could be a bit of a trap game. But no, I digress. Houston had a great game on Sunday. The Browns had a great game on Sunday and lost. Um, but I think that that gets all turned around here. It's uh, the homecoming for the Browns. They're going to be incredibly entertaining. It should be wrapped up by halftime. Browns by about 13. Uh, Sean, the, uh, the Carolina Panthers are at home to the New Orleans Saints. Do the Saints just roll on? Yeah, it's another game that I'm finding it difficult to get a handle on. It seems like a real anomaly Anomaly when you look at the results from the weekend. 38-3 against the, the Packers. And like you say, with the quarterback only throwing for 150 yards, it just just everything about it just seems a really bizarre score. I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to jump on board the Saints hope train at all. The Panthers, yeah, they got, they got a win, but, you know, it was against the Jets. There were still plenty of question marks there. Um Again, I find myself almost sitting on the fence with all these games that have landed on my uh, slate this week. I actually think the Panthers probably take care of business being the home side. Um, I think... Is that is that not gone down with you? well with you? Ooh, I mean, Panthers I've got on the draft watch, let alone anything else. Uh, New Orleans taking care of business against the Packers and then lose to the Panthers. That's well, bold. Yeah. Yeah, bold. I like bold. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Depends which Jameis shows up, doesn't it? You know, are we going to get the uh, the Jameis from Tampa Bay a few years ago? Or are we going to get the Jameis from last week? You just never it's know. LASIK. It's LASIK Winston. It's, his name's not even Jameis anymore. It's LASIK. <laughs> difficult game to get a handle on. I think it could go either way. It's still early in the season. I think a lot of these are, are difficult to get a handle on. I'm sure the next one's not going to be too difficult, though, Steve. I'm sure you're going to go with the home team, the Vikings on the road to the Cardinals. Yeah, turns out I do get to talk about the Vikings. They were uninspiring against Cincinnati. Um, you know, their their offense looked lackluster, and um, you know, I think they're in for a bit of a long season. Um, you know, it, Kirk Cousins still threw for three hundred and fifty yards, two two touchdowns, um, but they just had absolutely no rushing game. Uh, Darwin Cook for twenty carries for only sixty one yards, averaging three point one yards a carry. That's not good enough if you're going to be the lead back, and he's as meant to be as good as he is. Um, and a, a, a tough road trip to a Cardinals team that absolutely blew everyone away with their performance last week. That um, Vikings offensive line is going to have a task on its hand uh, with uh, Chandler Jones and core, especially after his performance from last week. Um, I think the Cardinals offense, you know, Kyler's obviously shown that he's got it in his locker and he linked up really well with his receivers last week. If he can spread the ball around again and do the same again, I think this could be a quite a high scoring game. Um, I would, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals win it quite comfortably. And if they do lose again, do 
do early questions start uh, being brought up about Mike Zimmer and his future? Who knows? But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say I'd say uh, Cardinals comfortably with that one. Yeah, I think the next one's going to be a shade comfortable as well, Josh. Falcons at Buccaneers. Yeah, Falcons by 50. No, um, but yeah, the, uh, the the Buccaneers will be very happy for, for this game, I think. Dallas was probably a lot tougher than they thought that it was going to be. So to have a an easy game at home again, it's just going to allow them to get into more of a rhythm. Uh, God, the Falcons were dire, weren't they? Um, on Sunday, they really were, and you know it's their it's their O line. Their O line was absolutely terrible, and now you're going up against Tampa's front seven. Good luck. That's just uh, that that's not going to work. And I actually fear for Matt Ryan. Um, you know he's he's getting on a little bit anyway. Let alone uh, coming up against that front seven with no protection. He's going to be on the floor a lot. Um, so. Bucks by quite a bit, seventeen maybe. Um, I'm expecting big score line. It take any over that you can get on the handicap, unless it's too <laughs> stupid. Uh, Sean, last by but by no means least, the Monday night football game, the O and One Green Bay Packers host at the O and One Detroit Lions. Who gets the victory, or do we see a tie? Oh, a tie. Now, that would be a bold selection, wouldn't it? Has anybody yeah, ever picked a, a tie when they're predicting any of these NFL games? I don't think it's ever been <laughs> predicted. Um, now, look, surely, surely the Green Bay Packers are going to respond from what was an absolute embarrassment in week one. Now, both of these sides were on the wrong end of a heavy beating. The only thing you can say is the Detroit Lions showed an awful lot of fight to get back in that game. And like I say, at one stage, even recovered an onside kick and, you know, forced a fumble and all sorts of fun and games at the end of a, a contest, which they threatened to make a huge comeback in. Um, Green Bay, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers threw his dummy out of the pram. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't good at all. You'd fully expect, though, at home, Green Bay should, in theory, take care of business. Let's put it this way, if they don't, I think there'll be some serious questions raised. Um, but, yeah. Let's not overreact to week one. Like I say, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Green Bay will uh, get back to winning ways on Monday. There's plenty to look forward to, isn't the boys? That is a great slate of games. Really enjoyed going through all of those. I think the four that we picked out earlier in particular um, really do stand out in terms of crowd pleasers. Obviously, from our own personal interests, a chance for the Eagles, like you say, Steve, to move to 2-0. and We'll obviously be fully expecting the first Cleveland win of the season. Um, and as and when Sky do announce their games, you will be getting your written previews, as always, from us. They will be dropping to you on Friday um, yeah, with an in-depth review uh, preview of everything that is due to come up. Um, so make sure you go and check those out. Check out everything that's coming out throughout the course of the week. Plenty of content from us, not just on the NFL, but also on college and all of that kind of good stuff as well. So make sure you are subscribed to all of our social channels and get into the website and sign up for our newsletter which I believe, Josh, is starting to go out from this week. Yes, uh, people should start getting that on Saturday. I'm currently finalising the template as we speak, which I'm sure will get no edit suggestions whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> that's the dream anyway. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's going to be great. Essentially, just a roundup of everything that we've done, um, previews, uh, reviews, Nice little stat boxes. We're going to go the whole hog on this. So uh, get involved. You get a nice, uh, you get a nice little preview. 
pretty much just uh, just like any old match day program, but for the entire league, and that's pretty damn good, isn't it? So uh, costs you nothing, costs me about five minutes putting it all together, and isn't that just nice for everyone? It is indeed another addition to our offering this season. We've got you covered from all angles. Anything you want to say in closing, fellas, as we get ready for week number two, Steve? So I earned a nickname as the stat man through our preview series. So I'm going to hit you with a stat. We just talked about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan before uh, Sunday, so in his 13 years in the NFL, has 55,767 yards uh, ninth most through uh, yards ever in the NFL and the most of any quarterback through uh, their first 13 seasons in the NFL. That man is wasted in Atlanta right now. God, that poor man. He deserved a Super Bowl ring, didn't he? Mm, he did indeed. Yeah. He did indeed. <laughs> what a downer. What a downer way to finish <laughs> a positive part. Steve the Statman coming at you like the flipping Grim Reaper. We really do apologize, Falcon fans. Yeah, 55,000 yards, and they're all wasted. Yeah, All of Falcon them, every single are, one. Yeah, Falcons fans are loving you right now. They are indeed. Well, let's hope the, uh, they get a better performance, at least, if not necessarily a result on uh, Sunday. Um, they, they certainly need something to hang the hat on, don't they? Like I say, we'll have it all covered. Um, we'll be back next week as well, reacting to it all live on Tuesday, so make sure you interact with us. Like I say, Josh will be updating the power rankings and we'll have handed out more game balls. Like I say, Kieran, with you first thing Monday as well. Um, for your commute to work. So uh, look forward to hearing Kieran's dulcet tones waking us up bright and breezy on Monday. That's it for another week, fellas. We'll be back this time next week and we'll do it all again for week three. Enjoy week two, everybody. This has been the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.